Hello, if you're watching as well. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, we wanted to engage with you just a little bit more, and so we've spun the weekday. They say, they're saying they can't hear us. Is that is that true? You can't hear us right now? They can now hear us. <laughs> cool. We're going to restart everything over. Uh, Didi, hello. <laughs> Shannon, hello. We're... We're going to be, we're live now. Uh, so like I said, you didn't hear the amazing intro that I just did there. You just saw me shaking my hands around like a madman, a wild man. Uh, and if you're listening to this in podcast form, I'm, we're not going to edit it out. Like I'm, I want to, I want to keep it. Uh, I might shorten the silence just a little bit. I think bit. you probably should. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you're listening to this in podcast form, you didn't hear the hilarity that just happened. Uh, we had about 30 seconds to a minute of no audio happening. Uh, I think I'm getting text messages from people. Yep. There's a text message right there. Uh, <laughs> saying, Hey, we can't hear you. Great. Now we can. Thanks Shannon. Oh, Shannon, cool. yeah. Didi, hello. Good Thank to you hear for... from you. Hey, David you know Alonzo. what? It's good to have like instant feedback. On this things. is, this is why we do yeah. what we do uh -huh. here is so we can actually just have for the, instant feedback. the chats open yeah. uh, and everything open. Hey, right. uh, if you're joining us on Facebook, joining us on YouTube, thanks. This is episode 14 of the weekday. Uh, we wanted to engage with you. Oh, darn, Shannon says. Yeah, you missed all the hilarity there. <laughs> uh, we wanted to engage with you because this uh, week, there's a very important thing. Well, a week from today, actually, there's a very important thing happening. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, but tonight, actually, there's also a very important thing happening. Do you know what it is? Very important in the life of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I mean, my son has baseball practice. You're getting warmer. I'm going to go ahead and say the Rays. The Rays yeah. are playing oh, tonight. Yeah. Well. So, uh, <laughs> hey, bro, you read. Thanks, David Alonzo. I, I do read. Yes, I can read and Or talk. is it and red? Do you read? Do you, you read? Hey, bro, you read? Yeah. This. Is that? This is great content. Yeah, yeah I mean, as, yeah. as we sit there and muse over what he actually meant, this is just, it's great. But anyway, uh, the Rays are playing tonight. Go Rays. Hashtag raise up. Throw it in the chat, please, right now. Hashtag raise up. Let yeah. us know that you're on the side of the Tampa Bay Rays because we totally are. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the interesting thing that is going on in the next week right. is obviously we have a very large presidential election. Sure. And we know. For the U.S., yeah. For the United States, yeah. general election, mm -hmm. yeah. And so if you're watching this abroad, sorry, you, yeah. you pretty much know that there's an election going on, though, because it's taking over the world. It's funny. I listen to a lot of soccer podcasts mm -hmm. from London yeah. or England, and they're, the opening of all these podcasts for the last month has been them talking about the oh, U.S. election. Yeah, I mean, like, it is, it's primetime news for everybody. Do you feel like people are tired of it yet? 100%. I mean... Yes. I, it's that weird thing that like people can't get enough of it. But like I, I remember seeing Stephen Colbert's like opening thing on like the Stephen Colbert, his like CBS Late Show or whatever. And he's obviously Are you up that late or do you watch it on YouTube? I don't know. Yes, I'm uh, I'm normally up that late, but I normally don't watch like any live TV. So, okay. Okay. you know, this is something I mean, but granted, this was like. This was summer of 2016, so this was a long time oh, ago. Oh, okay, okay. Or maybe even summer of 2015. I don't know. You I only had one kid at the time. Right, yeah, only one kid, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, three. so my sleep, my sleep habits were a little more... <laughs> a little uh, better. Yeah, um, and, but I remember him having this metaphor. Obviously, you know, they're very liberal. You know, a lot of these talk show hosts and sure. whatever. Um, but he was, he did this whole metaphor about how, like, um, you know, like the tr President Trump running for... 
um, office, obviously this was for his first term. He just like ate a whole bunch of like Oreo cookies and like, it was just like, <laughs> like talking about it was like, oh my gosh, I can't get enough of this. Oh, that's really but it just good. makes you feel terrible, that's, you know, that's like really good. And so like by the end of the segment, he ate like an entire package of Oreo cookies. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Like, I, I feel like that's how everybody feels about it. How many um, calories in an Oreo cookie? Okay. 53 calories. 53 calories per Oreo. Per Oreo. And how many Oreos in Again, a this is package? the content everyone comes to the weekday for. There is 15, 45 cookies times 53 is, one second, 45 t- times oh 53. That is 2,300, almost 2,400 really calories. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But 2,400 calories is over the daily allotment. Oh, no, no, no. Sure, sure. I mean, if you're going to eat an entire package of cookies. Oh, I mean, you got to commit. Yeah, there's not a, yeah, there's a, there's a bad reason why you're doing it. Yeah. But like. I I mean, mean, he was making fun of the election. Well, in the grand scheme of things, I just, I, that's, that's, that's not as much as I thought it was going to be. You sacrificed your health just a little bit. Oh, yeah. 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 You took half a day off. Yeah. You dive into a a thing of Oreos like that. I mean, your health is the last thing on your mind. Yeah. You're doing it for the comedy, doing it for the walls. (laughs) But um, we we wanted to talk about the election, and we haven't really brought it up on stream, on podcast before, because I was being serious with that question earlier. Like, do you think people are tired of it? I'm tired of it. Oh, sure. And I, mean, I am too. And yet we, Mike and I were having an honest conversation about it a little bit earlier uh, in the audio studio, actually, just kind of talking about some of the things. And Mike actually had a very kind of, I don't want to say revealing quote, but a... Man, we're just real into like the really trying to get people to hook people. It's revealing. I've been, t- I've been watching so a lot revealing. of like stuff on SEO and yeah. click, clickbait and all that and just trying to get people into our content. No, so, so I think I, because you and I, we've been talking about this a little bit. I went and voted last. Off air, off yeah, air. I went and, and voted last Friday. Steve uh, Mage, I'm headed to get Oreos now. <laughs> I endo- I'm Andy Mage and I endorse yeah. this. Steve Mage, who does not like chocolate. Yeah, exactly. We will get the white chocolate one, though. Continue. Um... I and then you voted. When did you vote? I voted. Oh, I voted by mail and I turned it in Monday. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So we, you and I have both voted yep. technically. Yep. And so I shut off all the, con- the, yeah. all, the <laughs> all the stuff. I'm done with it. So and and you know I I want to start all this and you and I were talking about this. I want to start all this by saying that like obviously I have my own political b- views. You have your own, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily want to talk about specific political views. No. Uh, and especially like and Pastor Matthew actually you know talked with the whole staff and he does it every election cycle about how like the more we um, almost comment on you know political things, it almost like uh, goes to disintegrate our influence and impact we have as the church. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, like I want to keep that in mind as well. Like I don't, I'm not here to endorse or not endorse or, or whatever, you know, and I, I, I want this to be like an honest conversation an honest discussion with, you know, about, about maybe like how we as Christians are supposed to handle this. Hmm. Um, and so there's a guy named Mark Sayers, and so for those, those of you that don't know Mark Sayers, I didn't know him either until uh, a couple months ago, but he has this podcast called The Rebuilders, mm-hmm. and he has a church out in Australia, and what he, he's actually, he's a pastor, but he's actually like a sociologist, mm-hmm. um, and he he studies trend, the cultural trends, and is incredibly intelligent, um, and just really, really sharp guy, um, understands how and why things happen within culture. And, and even though he's in Australia, he has a lot of connections to America. 
And obviously, like, America has sort of been, like, the pinnacle of Western civilization, at least for, like, the last, you know, 60 years, really since World War II. Hmm. And so, you know, he's just kind of commenting on how things are going and shifting. And he said something that, and this was, like, probably a month ago that I heard this now. Um, and it, it actually might have been a little bit further, but then he talked about it again on his Rebuilders podcast. And he said uh, something to the effect of, um, you know, nowadays— um, we as, as our society, even like America, for example, isn't so much as, you know, a lot of people are saying it's post-Christian, um, but really like we're almost moving past like post-Christianity into like this, we as a culture, basically we want the kingdom without the king. Hmm. And uh, we, and, and, and it seems to be like amplified going into like the election season as it always does. Like people, a lot of people place their hopes in, you know, and Pastor Matthew even talked about this, you know, people place their hopes in either a donkey or an elephant. Right. And really like our hope needs to be placed in the lamb. The lamb yeah. um, and so, you know, like I, I just think it's super interesting that we as, uh, and like I, I was talking to you about this earlier and this is kind of how it started, but, you know, I watch, um, you know, certain things on YouTube or, you know, certain things on TV that comment a, a lot on sort of, you know, just cultural things. And, and a lot of them have to do with uh, political stuff. Um, and again, you know, for me personally, I try to get like a healthy dose of both sides. Uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, try to get some conservative things. I try to get some liberal things. I want to understand what's happening um, before I make a decision or before I form, formulate an opinion. Before you go any further with yeah. that. So I've, I've heard that and I, I'm like that. I want to I want to get both sides, but I heard an interesting take on kind of sitting in your own camp. Like uh, the left is always going to be the left, the right is always going to be the right, et cetera, et cetera. And it's because there is such a fatigue with the rest of the world because the rest of the world is so fast that we don't actually have time to learn or absorb the other side because we're still trying to catch up with our own tribe. Agree, disagree? I mean, I definitely think that that's part of it. Like, especially, you know, looking at how social media acts, um, looking at how it operates, I guess, how, you know, and we've talked about before the, the movie, The Social Dilemma, and a lot of these things that we interact with, social media networks, like, their only goal is to keep you like plugged in, mm. you know, they don't want to, you know, your newsfeed is that's really a misnomer. Like there's no, there's not news on there. <laughs> it's really what you just want to see right. so that you can continue to like be, um, be locked in and, uh, you know, it creates these echo chambers. It creates only what you want to hear. So partially like, yes, I think that we don't have time. Um, but I also think that both sides do a lot to, um, spread not just disinformation, but just like an avalanche, an overwhelming amount of information hmm. that like we, we fit like physically and mentally can't keep up with. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think part of that is true, but I think it's, it's a lot more nuanced and complex than just like, we don't have time because like, I think that we have time for other people. We have time for other people's, um, I think we have time for other people's uh, opinions and thoughts and conversations is, but again, so anyway, back to the, what I was saying, like I watch these things on YouTube, these political commentators, both on the right and the left. Um, and you know, it's again, like there's almost like this revivalistic, and this is something that Mark Sayers said too. There's this like revivalistic energy, hmm. uh, this just like fervor for, um, the kingdom without the King. And so this one thing I was watching, we're talking about, um, you know, immigrants and how, you know, uh, it was more of a, a left-leaning thing. Um, and talking about immigration, all kinds of like, well, I, I kind of like, I kind of agree with that. Like, yeah. Um, 
And, or, you know, watching something like this, it's like, oh, well, I, well, I kind of agree with that. But, like, there's zero mention of the church. There's zero mention of, of God. And they're trying to legislate the kingdom into being when, like, the church actually needs to be the one that stands in that gap hmm. uh, and really help bring that thing forward. So, Rebecca, in the chat, she just asked a really good question. She said, will it always be a pick of the lesser of two evils? Yeah. I mean, I, like, you and I are not sociology majors were not political sociologists right but literally we were in publics yesterday having this exact sure. same discussion of it seems like you're gonna have to pick the lesser of two evils and and i don't for me even as a believer saying that it feels like i have to just kind of throw my hands up and like i don't know like i gotta make a chart of like sure. pros and cons and yeah. all that and like i don't I don't want to have to do that. I mean, I, well, and I, I think the problem is, is when we, you know, so much of life, so much of our problems happen when, and Pastor Matthew talks about this a lot too. So much of, uh, we, we run into problems when we like put everything in life into binaries, mm-hmm. you know, it's either good or it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's either love or it's hate or, if, you know, it's, um, but, but in, in reality, like so much of life is actually on like a spectrum and like there's, there's always something in the middle. There's always, you know, that like murky middle or whatever. And we just, a lot of the times it's easy for us to just polarize things Mm -hmm. and just say it's this or this because I, I don't, it's not even that I don't have time. It's that I don't have energy. Um, I don't want to put myself through basically the pain of having to just dive deep into like the muck of something to, Mm. to, to really work on figuring out maybe what the actual, um, truth is or what the actual meaning behind something is. I don't know. Um, so, but, but like, will it always be the pick of lesser of two evils? Like, I think that I was listening to a podcast with N.T. Wright. And if you don't know who N.T. Wright is, he's this, guy. uh, he's a theologian. Um, he, um, you know, he's a, he's an author, he's a, a doctor. I mean, like just incredible, again, a credibly intelligent person, but very kind, very slow, very gentle. Um, and he was, someone asked him the question, of like, is it our Christian duty to vote, you know? Hmm. Uh, and Ooh. yeah. And so he was just saying like, there's no biblical mandate obviously for us to vote. Uh, but like, you know, if maybe if, if like an early Christian or, you know, a, somebody in Judea was given the option in the Roman government, cause that's how he views everything. He's a new Testament scholar. If they were given the option to vote, like he, you know, and Paul was ma- was maybe at like, uh, you know, presiding over a group of people or whatever, like he would probably tell them like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like go vote. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, it's our job uh, to really try and sift through, you know, um, from a biblical mindset, maybe what, what, what the things to vote for are and all that kind of stuff. So the, I guess, and that's, that's the voting part of this, but I want to take it back to the kingdom without the king yeah. thing. Right. Uh, and I was, I was, I got a tab pulled up here. Um, this is, I typed, I typed into the internet, uh, basically is or God's kingdom or God, what did I type in? God's government or something. Yeah. Because if you've ever read the Old Testament or any, you have any knowledge of the Old Testament, basically God instituted a governmental structure for Israel mm-hmm. with him as the top right. and being the king. Right. And then the kingdom organized around it such that it was, you know, there was a division of labor with the priests and the Levites, and then there was people serving under them, and then ultimately people would gather 
three times a year, really, but it ended up being a lot more each year to pay homage to God, to, you know, have their sins wiped away and all this other stuff. And then Israel ended up asking for a king. And the thing I found interesting is that um, it's clear from Genesis 17 and Deuteronomy 17 that God anticipated Israel having a king or a judge. Like, I've always been under the assumption that uh, God was angry that the Israelites said, we want a king, we want a king, we sure. want a king. But it wasn't that. It's that you can look back at the prophecy and see, like, yeah, okay, you're going to have a king. Right. That the title is of a little, little importance. Having a king was not the real issue because God had already planned for Israel to have a king. Every organization must have a leader, so God lays down instructions as to how the leader should conduct himself in office. They're designed to ensure that the king does not elevate himself above the people and rule as a despot. Instead, he is to be thoroughly familiar with and guided by the attitudes and laws of God. Yeah. He must comprehensively know that his own nature is just like those he serves and to be humbled. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Like we see that at the very beginning of Saul's reign. Saul, you know, God says like, that's the guy right there. Like, yes, he's tall. He's stately. He looks like a king. Obviously, you know, Saul went crazy, tried to kill a bunch of people. Like he wasn't following the Lord yeah. and he was of himself. But then you look at King David, the first true, real good king of Israel. And what's, what does the Bible always say about David? He's a man after God's own heart. He's a man after God's own yeah. heart. And then the key to the understanding of the significance of Israel's demand in 1 Samuel 8, which is, hey, we want a king, is that she desires a king just like the other nations, which mm. I'd never put that together. I'd always heard that part and just said, like, yeah, okay, they wanted wow. a king. Yeah. Just like, and I'd always just assume, like, okay, they always want the king that's going to be like the other nations. Right. The nations, you know, the Assyrians and the, everybody around them, the Phoenicians and the Philistines, they had kings, and Israel looked at that king and went, well, I want somebody like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody that's going to be humble and yeah. all this other stuff. And, and, and for me, I kind of take that back to the, the NT right question yeah. of like, if, if these people don't uphold the biblical mandates of leadership, right. like, should I be voting for them? Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to square that question necessarily other than, our duty as Christians, and you brought this up in the studio too, our, or maybe is that Publix or something, but our duty as Christians is to take care of the fatherless, yeah. to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans, and to, to really uh, allow people to live and breathe in God's kingdom. Right. So I don't know. What, where well, do you... and I just, I think that, like, it's unfortunate that... I don't need to vote for anybody to, to make that happen. Right. And, I we, don't and need, we have that freedom in the U.S., yeah. by the way. And I don't, I don't need the government to do that. You know, like to, I don't need to wait on an elected official to take care of my neighbor. Right. Um, and just like, you know, we have this conversation a lot here on staff, you know, and I have this conversation a lot with people on the worship team and the worship ministry. But when we talk about pastors and like, you know, Peter Peter, right, mm -hmm. calls us to be uh, a part of the royal priesthood. Like, yeah. we are all a part of the royal priesthood. Like, we all literally carry around God's presence mm -hmm. with us. And we're all called, in some way, shape, or form, to have a pastor's heart. Right. And, you know, like, I don't need I don't need a title for that. And I don't need someone to give me permission to do that. Like, God has already given me everything possible to fulfill the things that he has called us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and then with under that umbrella, like, sure, like, voting, you know, comes into that. Sure. Um, but I don't need to wait on somebody to do something that, like, God has already called me to do. Sure. And, um, and you, you and I come from—I'm 37, and I was kind of right on the— the tail edge, well, maybe the middle edge, and you were kind of right smack dab in the middle of the emergent 
church, sure. quote unquote, which was based around the social gospel of right. all I need to do is get out there and love and everything will be taken care of. And there is huge merit to that. I mean, yeah. if you watched Kicking It With Matthew yesterday with Pastor Matthew, uh, who warmed this seat, he I asked him what his favorite of the fruit of the spirit from Galatians 5, 22, 23 was. And he kind of joked and he just said, like, of course, it's the very first one. Love. Like, yeah. love is the very first. And, if, and I knew where he was going with that. But so we were right in the middle of that coming up in our Christendom. Right. But I think there's a culture around us that looks at the, especially of churches, that looks at the emergent church and says, well, that thing died out years ago. Sure. Uh, we need to be less about love and we need to be more about spontaneity in our worship or we need to be more about this, that, or the other. And and I don't know how that's going to bleed into politics, but I'm hoping that like those views start to be instilled back just a little bit hmm. more. That, Interesting. The, the love and the emergent church thing, because I almost feel like, and we don't need to get into this now because we definitely don't have enough time, but right. it's the it's the millennial thing. Because hmm. if you think about millennials, yeah. they were tied to the emergent church. Like, look, the, the, one of the biggest emergent church guys out there, um, like Rob Bell or Donald Miller, like they're not doing a whole lot for the church anymore. Mm-hmm. But they wrote these amazing bombastic pieces that people just grabbed onto. Yeah. And yes, they're still you know doing ministry and all that other stuff. But but I, and again, I don't want to turn this into a thing. But I almost look at that as the rest of the world looks at the millennial generation and says, "Yeah, okay, you're coming up in the business world, but take a seat there, Sonny, because you don't know what you're doing." Hmm. And it feels like that's almost being forced out of politics as well. Is like the, are we actually going to care for people? Are right. we going to look at people? Are we going to connect with people? Like, what's the deal yeah. there? Well, and I, I think that, um, you know, it's, so like for me, it's super difficult because, and, I, and I've seen a bunch of people talk about this and, and tweet about it. Um, you know, it's hard to find as as a millennial or whatever, you know, and who's in the church and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't really... I, I mean, I, I'm involved with politics in the sense that, like, it's a civic duty, mm. um, kind of like we were talking about a little bit. But, and, you know, we, you and I were talking a little bit beforehand about, like, if you are truly a Christian, and even now, like, a millennial, a Christian, um, trying to follow after God's uh, call in your life, whatever it looks like, you know, and most of the time it's love people and love God. Yeah. Um, and kind of all the rest hang off of that. But, like, you will find yourself to be pretty politically homeless. Mm. Um, and I've seen a lot of people talk about this where like, you don't really, and again, you know, like I think part of the problem is, you know, to answer a little bit of that question, but like part of the problem is like things tend to get sifted to the fringes, to the edges. And like you said, it's easier to polarize things. It is. is It's, It's so much, but like, that's not, what's the, what's the Andy Stanley thing? Like it's not a, most of what we live is not a problem to be solved. Yeah, it's a tension, tension to be managed. managed. Yeah. And like, I think that if we're going to, if, if we're going to do that, then both sides have great things to say. Hmm. Um, and like, I, you know, it just, it makes being a Christian, you know, and especially now, unfortunately, like there's a lot of negative connotations when it comes to being a Christian and talking about politics. Hmm. Um, and like, and rightfully so yeah. there's been a lot of people that have done a lot of damage to that idea. Um, and, you know, like a lot of it, it, it makes people worried, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, for a lot of people who don't believe, you know, um, I remember hearing this in high school, even, you know, talking about George W. Bush and how like he prays and, you know, he wants to hear from God and what he wants to do. 
And people, a lot of people who aren't believers, like, think that that's crazy. Yeah, they deride it. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, what, are you going to wait for an imaginary God to tell you what to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean for my tax dollars then, you know? <laughs> uh, and, like, I under, I understand that, but, like, I wish there was there was room for that. I don't know. Um, but but regardless, like, let's say that, like, that's kind of actually what I believe. Like, I do yeah. think that we need to take time and search our soul and, like, um, really, like, meditate on these things um, and, you know, I don't think either side really believe that. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> you know, I like agree that's with you. just even in that tiny little thing, like that puts me squarely like in the tension of these two things. Hmm. And it's like, I don't know, like, I'm, I feel, I feel out of place in a lot of different things, but yeah. I do think that that's kind of where we're supposed to be. Absolutely. And you know, what we were talking about in the studio is the church is supposed to be the thing in the middle yeah. that is, um, you know, that leads the way in defending the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, defending the widows, the, the, the orphans, you know, like really, um, trying to, to be, to be smart and creative and loving and humble yeah. and, um, and to trust that the Lord is going to make up for all of the, the downfalls of either political side and yeah. to allow us as the church to, I mean, there's proud Republicans and proud Democrats that go here and right. they coexist peaceably. Right. Peacefully, goodness, mm-hmm. uh, like go figure. Yeah, it can happen. Right, it can actually happen. And I just, I think a lot of our. I was listening to a podcast today. Um, it's called uh, "Your Undivided Attention," and yeah. they were talking about social media and how around 2011, 2012, like they really to, to again to gain your attention more and more on social medias. They try to on social media networks. Excuse me. They try to they they've, they instilled what they call the outrage machine, mm-hmm. and and now like TVs and newspapers and blogs and all can have sort of followed suit mm-hmm. again because like wow that's a really great way to get people yep. engaged yep. engaged. Yep. And, um, you know, like, uh, unfortunately, like we're just, we're stuck in sort of the middle of this outrage machine mm-hmm. and we, you know, it makes conversations very difficult. Yeah. And it's almost like we're all adrenaline junkies in that we go from totally. zero, to, zero to angry in a split second. Well, and like there's the, was it cortisol? Yeah. Um, stress. so yeah, it, it's this, the stress hormone and like it, it fuels us because like how we are wired as humans, like if we're getting chased, <laughs> if we're getting chased by someone who wants to do harm to us, like adrenaline, cortisol, like into your system because like you need to survive. Mm-hmm. And like, it's an incredible thing that God has wired us with, mm-hmm. but like our brain doesn't know the difference between that and a differing opinion yeah. on Facebook, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Well, we're going to start to wrap up here. I, this is a good discussion. I think we need to continue it a little bit further after next Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Next Tuesday is going to be nuts. Next Tuesday is going to be crazy, <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't think it ends next Tuesday. Well, and, and that's a really good, like I saw, saw, I saw another pastor that I follow on Twitter just said like, if you think that next Tuesday is, it doesn't matter who wins. If you think next Tuesday is the end of this, like you are lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like this is, we have been swallowing poison for even before, I mean, even before I was born, you yep. know, like this is stuff that is not new to anybody yep. and uh, to our culture, to our society. And like it, it, it went on long before I was around and it'll continue on long before, long after I'm gone. Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, I want to close out with this uh, comment we got from Dee. So Dee, Dee, Rebecca, Shannon, uh, everybody else in the chat, Steve Mage, everybody else that's been in the chat kind of commenting. Thanks for watching along live. Didi, uh, we're closing up with your comment. Uh, and she said, and I think we really all have a lot more in common regardless of what side of the aisle we're on. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Totally. Yes and amen. And I want to close with that awesome thought. Thank you so much for joining us here live, if you're live. And if not, throw us a comment below uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or anywhere else on Bay Hope TV On Demand. Or if you're listening on Apple Music or our Apple Podcast, excuse me, or on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next time. See you later.